I'm Scott. Hello, I'm Julie. And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality they see under the surface. You bet, you bet. And what kind of reality are we talking about today? A very weird very, reality. Very, very odd reality, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're going to talk about a movie, an animated movie called Mary and Max from the year 2009. Oh, is that when it was made? <laughs> That's what the IMDb tells me, okay. yeah. <laughs> yes, um, I was watching this movie with my husband a couple days ago, getting ready, and halfway through I said, oh my, we, we told Scott to watch this, and he's probably watching it by, I think he watched it by himself while he was on a business trip. And it's too weird to make somebody do that. And my husband looked at me and said, it's a pretty weird movie. It is uh, one of the oddest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's claymation. I say animated. It's claymation, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm a big Dude. Wallace and Gromit fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love claymation. If only um, I'd have chosen Wallace and Gromit, wouldn't that have been great? Well, you you know, I, I, I told you, I said, this is one of the oddest movies I've ever seen, you know. And, and you told me that, hey, this is one of those movies that grows on you after you talk about it. Well, that's true. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you about it. <laughs> you would like to find something <laughs> redeeming in there, right? No, there is some, <laughs> definitely some redeeming stuff in here. Well, you know, the thing yep. that's really, the thing that makes it weird, everybody, if you haven't watched the movie, is that it, although it's claymation, and although the description says it's about two lovable misfits who are pen pals, these misfits are actually living very realistic sorts of lives in some of the, um, I guess, their personal angst, you would say. Yeah, yeah. And so that means sometimes it's really funny in a lot of the details they put in, but sometimes it's kind of, okay, very heart-wrenching and dark. And it's just an odd combination of those two things. And so it's really quirky. And when we got done watching it the first time, we kind of looked at each other and said, what in the Sam Hill did we just see? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's, that's kind of what my reaction was. I was like, what? Actually. Wow. It, uh-huh. Yeah, well, no, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say that actually I would never have heard of it except I was going through the video store. Rose was with me at that time, uh, our youngest daughter, but she was out of college by then, I think. And she said, oh, this is a sweet little movie. It's so wonderful. And I went, Okay. <laughs> And there was one point in the movie, which we could talk about later, where I suddenly, we were watching this thing, and I was just hanging on for dear life, trying to follow it and go, what is going on? And something happened, and I said, Rose, this movie had better turn out okay, and nothing had better happen to these people, because if it does, I may never forgive you. <laughs> and she just turned around and looked at me with this deer in the headlight, stricken expression, and she was like, well, and I was like, no, I'm just saying, keep going, that's fine. <laughs> oh, Wow. Luckily, yeah. I guess it did, since I said we should watch it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I found it, you know, it's, it's uh, I guess the description of it would be dark comedy. Um, yeah, and com- I'm not usually averse to dark comedies like, um, oh, Death at a Funeral. Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah. That's a dark comedy that made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it, but in a kind of a perverse way. Yes, kind that's of a what perverse way. Does, absolutely right. right. But this one, um, I, I guess, the reason that I would call it dark a dark comedy is because it, it was funny. You know, there, there were there were moments that were funny, but it was it was jarring in that um, you know there would be funny and then absolute tragedy right next to each other. And Does, didn't it feel real? Did, did it feel real? Um, I mean, no, in the, in I, I the can't say that this movie that ever happen. felt real, but <laughs> I, I could say that um, that uh, some sometimes. I mean, the characters by the end had a had a very nice depth. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I guess I could say that I saw some reality in those characters. I guess what um, and, I was and, and thinking, and bad stuff does happen to people, you know, and I understand that. But yeah, it's, it's almost like the, the, that, the author yeah. just took almost almost every bad turn he could come up with. He or she <laughs> who wrote this thing, Adam Elliot. I, 
think Adam it was Elliott. the director. Yeah, this uh, Adam Elliott wrote and directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> does these little Australian movies, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was laughing too because I think you've cornered the market on odd Australian movies. <laughs> And then when I looked up on at IMDb, I also thought it was funny that um, Eric Bana is in this one as well. <laughs> no, and he go. was in, um, oh, what's the name of the movie? The Pool Room movie. Oh, oh, oh wait. Um, oh, why is castle. that? That's it, The Castle. The Castle. Yes, which castle. I loved. I thought you were going to talk about um, about a boy because Tony Collette. Yeah, and Tony Collette was in About a Boy, which is a terrific movie up. that we've done. Yeah. yeah. Don't remember the episode number there. And another interesting thing. Yeah. It is on the IMDb page. It says people who liked this also liked oh, no. Tokyo Godfathers. Oh, okay. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, I that can't. That just made me laugh. <laughs> so. Okay, so you just have to really watch out. If you haven't heard of a movie I'm recommending, <laughs> watch out. Tokyo Godfathers <laughs> was terrific. Yeah. So. Well, in this movie, actually, when we got done, we had to sit down and talk about it all over again. I knew the basic things in there, mm-hmm. but I, I said, oh, my gosh, what are what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and so Tom and I just started talking. And the more we talked, then it was that thing of we. I got fonder and fonder of the way the movie handled various themes, I guess. Right. Um, well, now, let's, let's I, tell, let's see what, it, yeah, what it's about. Yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. for people who <clears> haven't <throat> seen it, Mary is a, I guess she's an eight-year-old Australian girl, mm-hmm. Mary Daisy Dinkle. Yeah. I love that name. And uh, <laughs> she has a very, uh, she has kind of a, what you call a dysfunctional family. Her father spends, he works in a tea bag factory. These are some of the things. Putting strings like, on tea bags, yeah. Putting strings on tea bags, uh-huh. a little stapler. Is <laughs> These are the things where you're just kind of laughing. And um, he spends his spare time doing taxidermy in a little shed in the back on animals that he finds by the side of the road. <laughs> that and was, it's that not was, a quirky that way. That made me laugh, too. Huh? <laughs> that made what? me laugh, too. It wasn't, it wasn't his profession. He was just finding these birds and it stuffing them. It was his hobby. Them. Yeah. <laughs> and the mother spends most of her time testing the sherry, <laughs> which Mary thought was a kind of special tea or something that just grown-ups could have. So she's got a drinking problem. And um, Mary herself has <laughs> – Mary doesn't have many friends. She doesn't have any friends. So she's got a sad little life. And um, although she does – she muddles along best she can. Mm. You know, she has her <clears throat> chick that's her friend. And yeah, yeah. She has her favorite TV show, The Noblets. Yeah. Which is a kid's show, yeah, of some sort. And then, um, you know, and she likes to drink condensed milk. That's her favorite <laughs> Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Which actually becomes important later, and um, uh, yeah. so at one point she is she's been told that babies come from the bottom of beer mugs. Yes, that's right. In Australia, and so she's curious. She sees some phone books when she's in the post office one day, and she's where do they come from in America? So she pulls open a New York phone book, pulls out an address, turns out to be Max Horowitz's address, and she writes him a letter. In the very direct way kids do, and says, "Well, where do babies come from in America?" and asks a bunch of other questions, and I think puts in a chocolate bar. Yeah, yeah, right. And then Max gets this letter, and he's a forty-year-old man who's living by himself. Um, doesn't really have any friends either, mm-hmm. but he's always wanted a friend. Yeah. And so he writes yeah. back to her in a surprisingly direct, almost childlike way. Also, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's not your average guy. Mm-mm. Yeah, and he says a lot. I don't understand people. Mm-hmm. He carries around a a notebook with people's expressions on them, yeah. faces, faces. Yeah, so he doesn't get confuzzled. <laughs> he likes to make up words. Yeah, right. Puzzled <clears throat> is confuzzled. Yeah, so he he tells uh, Mary all kinds of things. Um, <laughs> a lot of just things. All that kinds you're like, of things. Like an eight year old girl, you're telling her this. <laughs> Okay. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So, what you do is you see their lives as they tell each, send each other these letters, and they're as good of friends to each other as they can be. But because they themselves are struggling a lot with their lives, sometimes their letter writing isn't very regular. And I don't mm-hmm. know how to exactly describe it after that, except to say we see well, Mary they, yeah. growing up. Yeah, I think, you know, Mary grows up. They kind of grow up together in a way. Yeah. Um, through these letters, they, uh, they become you know, I, I think that the thing, the way that I would describe it 
is um, that neither of them are loved by the people around them. Yeah. And they each become each other's best friend in a way. Yeah. But only through these this connection of the letters. And they and, do, and they depend mm-hmm. on each other because when one person can't send letters for a while, the other person is quite upset. Yeah. What did I say? Was it me? Mm-hmm. Um, what happened to them? And there's no way to find out. They're in Australia or New York. Right. You know, they've never met, obviously. Right. Yep. Mary's always saying she's saving her money to go to New York, but then she'll spend it on something else. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and it's kind of, it's also the story of... <laughs> Well, it's the story of them growing up, but it's the story of, I don't know, how you live life. How, anyway. Yeah, how they live life, I guess. Well, how they live life, yeah. but I think maybe this is why I recommended it or liked it. I think it's a story of how almost everybody lives life. It's just theirs is exaggerated. <laughs> okay. You know? Yeah. All the trials and things that mm-hmm. we think are only ours, and they aren't. Yeah. And and I can see that, and uh, you know, Mary's got lots of struggles, and and yep. um, you know, well, Max obviously does too, you know. But Max, Max can't understand people, so you know, the little pieces of his life that we see are just, you know, sometimes they're laughable, sometimes they're tragic. <laughs> yeah, but like, like when- you know, something that was laughable was you know, in this class that he goes to, there's this woman <laughs> that always wants to kiss him, and he's like, you know. It scares him to death. You know, he's shaking. That one scene where he was just shaking in the elevator, I remember laughing at. Yeah, because yeah. whenever he, whenever something like that happens that he can't understand, they say he comes home and he copes the best way he knows how, which is one of two ways. One is by eating, was it the chocolate hot dog, which is his oh, yeah. invention, his which invention. is a piece of chocolate and a hot dog bun. <laughs> and then the, or the other one is to stand on a chair and kind of hold his hands together and, and go back and forth, uh-huh. you know, in that kind of anxious way. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. the funny thing about him I liked was his therapist is called Dr. Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, he says, Max says he had an invisible friend, but his doctor told him he didn't need that invisible friend anymore. And he says, mm. so now he just sits in the corner and reads. <laughs> so when he looks <laughs> over in the corner, there's his invisible friend who will wave at him and then go on with the <laughs> book, which is always some different self-help book with oh, a title man. that's appropriate to Max's particular and situation. That is, that's a detail that I missed. I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> That's a funny detail. Really funny. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, my, my discomfort in watching the movie, and probably yours too, the first time you saw it, was things were happening. I mean, like I said, it was jarring. All of a sudden, it's just completely tragic. Something terrible happens. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, holy crap. It, 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 you know, it's like I wasn't mentally prepared for that. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it uh, defied expectation, I guess, in a way. Um and the expectation, expectations, I guess, were probably set up by kind of how things were going. And then just like, bam, you know, you're hit with well, something. The, yeah, because the problems they're dealing with at first, Mary's being teased because she has a birthmark on her forehead. That's the color of poo, as they say. Yeah, and yeah. So she's being teased. And so she asks Max, have you ever been teased? What can mm-hmm. I do? Yeah. And so Max gives her a great answer. Yeah, what a great and, answer. Which works. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it was a great answer. And it worked. It did work. Yeah. Uh, but Max has to go to Overeaters Anonymous and uh-huh. he says, D- Do you know any good diets? Uh-huh. So Mary writes back and says, Well, you could try eating just foods, foods on each day that start with the same letter as the day. <laughs> on Monday, you could have milkshakes and marshmallows. Because <laughs> 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 she has no idea what he's talking about. So, yeah. Um, yeah and he's but, like, Hmm. Yeah. But gradually, the problems get more curious right. or more troublesome. And more that's troublesome, the thing yeah. where suddenly, you know, like the father dies. Yeah, and, and then, all, all in claymation. You know, all in claymation, yeah. <laughs> which was fascinating. Like, um, or maybe we yeah. need to be in spoiler territory before I oh, say yeah, any more. So. But, yeah, if, if you guys want to see this movie, go ahead. <laughs> we haven't really made it sound great. No, but I, I mean... <laughs> Maybe you want to listen to us talk about it first. I don't know. <laughs> okay, but I think overall, it's worth it. Okay, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I can't. 
I'm still just just blown away by this movie. And I guess that alone means that you should probably go see it. <laughs> yeah, just to see if it blows you away. Yeah, just to see what, what what's there. Yeah. Well, um, and yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to start describing some of this yeah. fascinating claymation. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I, I can't even remember what happened, but I was I was shocked by it. Somebody's leg got cut off. Was that in a dream or some kind of a oh, fantasy was that sequence? The, people, the person across the street. Oh, the that's Mary's, right. Which yes. Mary? She's so funny. She married because mm-hmm. she's a little kid, and she says for fifty cents she goes across the street to her neighbor who who won't leave his house. He's homophobic, and she thinks that means he's afraid <laughs> of leaving the house, right? <laughs> Instead of agoraphobic, right, right. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, he doesn't have any legs. He's in a wheelchair. That's right. And uh, and she describes in a letter, you know, with claymation animation, you know. <laughs> yeah. How oh, he lost right. his legs, and then there was they showed this guy's leg off, and just blood spurting out of this leg. Yep. And uh, you know it's it's just so tragic, but it it was funny because it was claymation. <laughs> you know, we're seeing things in claymation that I've never seen in claymation before. So I think that's the thing that makes it <clears throat> weird. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, where I was just, I kept going, oh my, I mean, I swear there were like three different times where I was like, I can't believe Scott had to watch this. I'm so sorry, Scott, but, <laughs> um, oh, but well. it was on the list. It had to happen. Yes, sometime. it had to happen. You bet. Um, and it's the okay. other thing was kind of interesting is Mary's world is all shown in browns and sepia tones. Yeah. And Max's is all black and white. In Inter- New yeah, that is an interesting thing. And every now and then you'd see a color. Like yeah, the tongue, color red. Pom-pom. Yeah, you'd yeah. see something. Yeah. Yeah, if it was red, you would see it. Yeah, that's that was an interesting thing. Yeah, but things happen that you. Well, I guess one thing is some of the stuff that's being shown are they're the things you can really empathize with. Poor Mary, she's trying so hard to be fairly normal, especially as she gets older, and to attract the attention of the boy next door, the Greek boy, somebody, Derek Papadopoulos, yeah, Papadopoulos or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That was Eric Bana doing his voice. Ah, and, yeah. Um, he, oh, yeah. But yeah, and he's he'll wave at her while he's watering the plants, you know. And so she has her birthmark removed, and she's got her hair all dolled up, and all this. And he's coming over to talk to her, and she's acting all oh, she's very self confident. And he goes, oh, you've got dog poo on your shoe. And she looks down and runs in the house and just starts sobbing. Yeah. And you just feel for her because we've all kind of experienced that sort of a thing somehow. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, and I felt the way they showed a lot of that stuff, that pain felt real and you didn't expect it, like you say. Yeah. And uh, I can't deny that the pain felt real because I was very uncomfortable about these characters mm-hmm. and very afraid of what I was going to see next. And that was why I yelled at Rose because I couldn't, I guess that's a sign of a good filmmaker. Actually, I couldn't Mm -hmm. trust him not to, it was at the point where Mary was going to commit suicide. Oh yeah, that was tough. And then they showed that she was pregnant. And Mm -hmm. that's when I was like, Rose, (laughs) and Rose was like, oh, she didn't say anything. She's like, oh, just watch, it'll be all right. You know, I was like, I couldn't trust it at all. You didn't know what they were going to do next. Mm-hmm. Which meant it was told in a really real fashion. Yeah, maybe so. I I don't know. To me, yeah. it's what it meant. I mean, and poor Max. He the fact that you know they tell you about halfway in. I guess that he has Asperger's. Mm-hmm. It's it's a new thing. He says. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's when they figured out what to call it. But you know, he's got so much trouble relating to everybody around him, and. He keeps saying, I don't understand people. And he'll tell what he doesn't understand. And you can see from a logical standpoint, he's right. He's not the one that's not logical. But uh-huh. people don't operate that way. And he doesn't even understand, what do you do if, if you're happy? You smile. Okay. I've looked at my book. I put a smile on my face, which is horrible because it's not real. <laughs> I'm going to go outside and try not scare anybody. <laughs> With this terrible smile on his face. Yeah, on the way to the... <laughs> The um, yeah. <laughs> the mailbox. That's right. Yeah, and and when he receives these letters from Mary, whenever she asks him disturbing questions like, you know, something about sex or, or have you been how, in love? yeah, have you been? Yeah, he just trembles, and it takes him a while to get over it, and then he can start typing. Um, 
Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I don't know if we mentioned, we mentioned some names before, but the, the voice cast was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't recognize any of these names. Uh, I mean, <laughs> any of the voices. No. If I didn't know who was in it, I wouldn't have recognized their voices. I mean, they were tremendous. Oh, yeah. Um, and Philip so, Seymour Hoffman yeah. as Max. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, he was terrific. And then uh, Tony Collette, like you mentioned. And Barry yeah. Humphreys plays the narrator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A and perfectly then, straight reading of it. Very yeah. you know, good. Mm-hmm. And then Eric Bana plays Damien. Oh, Damien. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Not Eric. Damien. Damien. Yep. Whenever I hear that name, it means the omen to me. Yeah, I know. I've never seen the omen, but yes. That's, that's, <laughs> although once you get once you become Catholic, all these people start naming their kids Damien yeah, because you're yeah. Saint Damien and he's a twin right. and mm-hmm. all this. You know, you're just like really. Your name? <laughs> oh yeah, Saint Damien. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Didn't you see that Sam Neill movie when? <laughs> <laughs> That was way before Jurassic Park. Don't you know he's got like a nine on nine 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 or six 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 on the back of his head under his hair or something? I That's never right. saw the movie, but I knew that. <laughs> yeah, wild. Well, I think for me, the just to talk about the movie overall for a second, the redeeming part of the movie, I suppose, if you need to call it that, was that all the way throughout, it was very life affirming, mm-hmm. despite all the things these all these people were going through. I mean, some of the people are very happy dis- or seeming, despite their trials. The lady across the hall from uh, Max, she can't see anything. She doesn't really have any money either. But she's always making soup for Max once a week and seems very cheerful, smiling, checking on him, you know. Mm-hmm. When he gives her all that money, he wins in the lottery. She goes out and just has a blast with it. <laughs> the guy yeah. across the street who has no legs from uh, Mary, you know, he's still trying to get out of the house, even though she's like, and no one knows why he won't leave his house. And every time they show him, it's like a bus is crashing into the wall where he just pulled away from or, you know, he has a good reason. <laughs> yeah, always, yeah. But he finally, he keeps trying to do it. Yeah. He doesn't give mm-hmm. up. He doesn't. And yeah. And um, Mary and Matt, I mean, you know, Mary, at one point she does start to give up, but Max mm-hmm. saves her basically. Yeah, um, that's true. So. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point, and and that that is right. I mean, these these two go on despite their huge difficulties. They just yeah. keep you keep going, like you said. And at one point, <clears throat> you know, Max, when he finds out he has Asperger's, he says the therapist keeps saying he's going to fix him. Mm-hmm. He won't be disabled anymore, or defective, or whatever it is. And he says, "I feel perfectly normal. I don't feel like I'm disabled." That makes me very angry that people want to fix me. Yeah. Even though he's yeah. going to the therapist and he's doing all these things. And um, so when Mary writes this book, that becomes her goal is to fix Max. Uh-huh. You know, she's ignored what Max said to her. It's about what she wants to accomplish for her friend. And she's forgotten that what he wants matters too. And um, it was really an interesting point to me that um, Max in that way was loving himself first. That that candy heart wasn't that it? That oh yeah, that's the people were yeah. picking up or somebody gave somebody. Mm-hmm. Love yourself first because right. that's you know it's accept yourself for who you are. Mm-hmm. And you might want to you you know we all have things we want to work on. Yeah, but mm. he was just like this is how I am. I'm not broken. Just yeah. by being, <clears throat> and that's true. And he he felt that way before Mary grew up and went to college and wrote a book about him. Yeah, that he. Really hated. <laughs> well, because yeah. May, because then what Damien, Mary's husband, says is you can't be like a face cream over the world and take all the wrinkles away. Mm-hmm. And I thought that watching that now and thinking about a lot of the oh, trends and articles and things that people all want to fix everything. You know, oh, mm-hmm. have a test because maybe your baby has Down syndrome, so you better have an abortion if it's going to be a Down syndrome baby. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that baby, people who have children like that, those children are, almost all of them say they're a blessing. They're very happy. Everybody around them's happy. Um, And how can you judge what that person's life is like for them? Just because they're not like you, exactly. Right. And so that kind of a message was kind of threaded throughout here because everybody was struggling with something. But that's one of the things I learned from the, that Christ Renews His Parish Retreat. Mm Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. chirp retreat. Everybody I've talked to, whether they had a great experience or not, you know, not that big of an experience, everybody has said the big thing that got out of it was listening to everybody tell their story. They discovered everybody's like them. There's nobody who's not struggling hmm. with something. And you look at everybody and you think, oh, they've got lots of money. Their life looks very happy. You know, uh-huh. nobody's like that. That's just the outside. Yeah, that's right. And so that's one mm. of the things I liked about this movie is it talks about, you know, we need to be connected. We're here to be connected to each other. Um, the yeah, thing about and these two the found each other. Yeah. Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. therapist says, you know, at the end, life is like a long sidewalk. <laughs> some people have sidewalks with less cr- some people get a better deal they don't mm-hmm. have as many cracks in their sidewalk and Max says mine has a lot of cracks and some banana peels And <laughs> but I'm glad we met at the crossroads and that you're my friend yeah yeah. so look at this you're doing it it, it means more to me now than it did a half hour ago oh I hope <laughs> <laughs> that's but nice but I think that's, that's nice. um yeah, we all want to fix everything, and we want everything to be nice for everybody, but you, it can be taken <clears throat> far. Yeah, yeah. I guess the question is how far, you know, you've got to help people some. Yeah. But. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at, in, in IMDb, there's quotes from the movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, Max says, Dr. Bernard Hasselhoff said, if I was on a desert island, then I would have to get used to my own company. Just yeah. me and the coconuts. He said I would have to accept myself, my warts and all, and that we don't get to choose our warts. They are part of us and we have to live with them. We can, however, choose our friends, and I'm glad to have chosen you. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the midst well, of it, all that tragedy that was going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... um Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing I liked about it is when it showed everybody coping, even when people were doing things that weren't very nice for the people around them, the point that was always made by the narrator was Mary's mother did, you know, coped the best, the only way she knew how. And it shows her getting sozzled <laughs> on the sherry. Yeah. But it's making the point that, you know, she's not doing this on purpose to be an awful mother to Mary. She's trying her horrible best. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there are people who... Don't, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, if you look at extreme cases, but in general, I think, and so I kind of liked that they were kind of acknowledging that you know most people are just doing the best they can. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's tough to accept sometimes. Sometimes when you look at Isn't situations it? and um, you know some stuff that's been going on around here, for example, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean around here, I mean a kind of extended family. Um, difficulties um, and you're just yeah. like well if you could just see something in this way the way that I'm seeing it then you could make the right decision here but oh, um, know. you know it's tough to close that gap and I admit yeah. you know that I don't see things from that person's point of view either you know yeah well that you know I've talked about my father before yeah that- yeah He's yeah. the extreme example in our family that way. Sure, sure. And, you know, eventually we had to give up and because he wasn't going to let us help him. Mm-hmm. And the only way we could show him any love was just to make regular phone calls and come and visit every so often. And then yeah. when he was in trouble, show up and help him out of it. Yeah, yeah. That was all we could do. Right. Yep. But in it's, the end, it was enough. I mean, it would have mm-hmm. been nice. If we had, you know, it would have been great if his life had been, you know, nicer. But if that's what it was, it's what it was. Yeah, sure. And um, I guess that's because I told you about that TED Talk that I watched last week. Yeah, and I thought it was terrific. Yeah. And uh, yeah. We'll definitely link to it. Well, and I would say if you're going to watch Mary and Max, you want to watch this first. Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) I mean, it's not a bad idea at all to do that. Yeah, because yep. I watched it again. I w- we watched it once a week. Tom will show uh, some kind of video to, or you know, TED Talk usually to our office, which is a very small office. But he's always trying to help people see. Let's think outside the box. Whether it's mm-hmm. about your own life, whether it's about tying your shoes, whatever. Let's just broaden our view. And um, this is one that he showed because we hadn't done it for a while, and he was starting back up and. 
this lady is basically talking about she was a social worker, but she was taught how to do scientific study in a way that measures things. Hmm. And so what she finds is, you know, connectedness is very important to people. And the way to be connected is to be vulnerable. Yeah. And the people who feel like they're, I hope I'm not ruining it, but uh, no. I don't think so. But the people who feel <laughs> that they're most, yeah. the people feel most worthy of being, let's see, the being loved and belonging mm -hmm. are the people who feel they are worthy of it. They're willing to be vulnerable and take a chance and put themselves out there and ask for help. Or yeah, and, th and that know, was that was kind of the uh, confuzzlement, wasn't it? Yeah, the people that are loved are the ones who feel most comfortable being loved. Is that how it was put? I'm trying well, to put it exactly I like she did. I think that's what it was, but, but I think it, it, what it was. It was, you know, the, the conclusion should be you need to feel okay about yourself, okay enough about yourself. Yeah. And then everything else is going to come, you know, that, that that's part of it. Well, yeah, because those people were willing to take a chance to yeah. put themselves out there and maybe they would fail. Maybe they, and they were, they were also okay with, I wasn't perfect this time. Right. You know, that, so that would, is something that I've struggled with myself. Oh, me too. You know, put, putting yourself out there where you've got a tremendous possibility of failure mm -hmm. is something that I have pulled the back on the horse several times in my life. And, and I look back and I go, gosh, you know, shouldn't have done that. I should have, should have let that thing jump. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we all have it's not, those moments. It's not tragic. It's just moments that, you know, yeah. yeah, I wish I could do that one again, you know? But on the other hand, I watched that and I was thinking about it. And um, I went and sent an email to somebody who I'd been trying to connect with for, for several days. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that things between us were left in a bad way, but there was just zero answer to something I'd sent. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know if this is just this person got really busy. I don't know if it's they're mad at me. Mm -hmm. because of what we were kind of going back and forth over. I don't know if, did I not express myself well? Am I being insecure? So I went, so I've been for about four days, this has been driving me crazy because this is a good friend. Mm -hmm. And I watched that and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go, hey, are we okay? Which doesn't sound like much, uh -huh. but at that point, after four days of me worrying about it, and being paranoid or whatever, it was a lot for me. Yeah, and it is a lot because when you say that, the answer could be no, we're not. Yeah. We're not okay. And, yeah. And uh, you're putting yourself out there with the possibility of being rebuked. Yeah. But at that point, yeah. once I saw that and I was like, that's it. Because she's like, that's how you're authentic. Mm -hmm. The people who are willing to do that are the people who are, it's an authentic experience of them. And sometimes they're going to be disappointed, but they're going to always live a more joyful, full happy life because she was making the point that you can't numb the bad things without numbing the good things. And so I, I was all this stuff, of course I've kind of ruined the Ted talk. Sorry. <laughs> go watch, watch it. I mean, no, there's no, yeah, you didn't ruin anything, but okay. Yeah, good. Go watch it. But I looked at that and I watched it this afternoon again and I thought, well, that's what Mary and Max are doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, each of them has those moments when they pull back some, but it's usually just because they can't cope. Yeah, and, and Max, I mean, Max has got, more than most of us, he doesn't want to go out there. I mean, that, that, yeah. that's not even, it's not even comparable. I mean, he, yeah. he can't even tell what expressions are, you know. So when he goes out, he can't possibly interact with people in any kind of a, you know, normal mm -hmm. way. You know, I say normal to myself, but he's he's okay with it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, and he still he, does it, like you said, and that is inspiring. Well, yeah, because yeah. he winds up when he's so mad at Mary over that book. I mean, mm -hmm. he's expressing it in a lot of ways, but he finally manages, he doesn't stop. Right. He finally manages to express it in a way that gets through to her when he sends her the M off his typewriter key. Yeah, exactly. Typewriter. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And she knows she, what it meant. A, she knew what it she meant. She knew exactly what it meant. The moment that she received it, and that's all. No letter, mm -hmm. just the letter M. Yeah, that was and it. the only time he could, yeah, when he finally does say, Mary, I've missed Mary, I've thought about Mary, 
Mm-hmm. And he writes to her and he sends her that big box full of stuff. Yeah. All his novels. All his novels, yeah. To show that he forgave her. That was, I cried. I, I <laughs> There were a few tears over that. But, um, oh, that's nice. But it saves her. It, she gets it at just the right moment because when she doesn't hear back, she's thinking, is it me? Mm-hmm. And that's what we all do. That's like me with that little note, which was just four days. And I'm definitely not Mary. I mean, I, I might have maybe used to been a lot like Mary. <laughs> but I, got, I got past that more. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Th- this movie reminded me, you know, Max especially reminded me of a book um, that I read fairly recently called "The Curi- Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime." Did you oh, read that yeah. one? No, I didn't. But I remember you telling me it about it. It really is excellent. It's about a a fifteen year old boy with autism or Asperger's, which I guess mm-hmm. is a form of autism. Yeah, I think it's a high functioning. Yeah. So I mean, the things like you know making cards with people's expressions on them so that, you know, you can mm-hmm. decode them. That kind of thing was in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, that's a book that I really loved. Um, hmm. so yeah, it's not very long either. The curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. Yeah. And I think, uh, the guy who wrote it is Mark Haddon. Okay. Yeah. H A D D O N. All right. We'll have to put that on there. Yeah. It's not very big. Maybe we'll do it sometime. But it, it would almost be kind of a repeat of today's discussion in a way because, you know, it, well, you know what? It's not about the autism, though, that that book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just him. That's the filter you see the mystery yeah, through, right? Exactly. Yeah. It says, uh, the author says, uh, The Curious Incident is not a book about Asperger's. If anything, it's a novel about difference, about being an outsider, about seeing the world in a surprising and revealing way. The book is not specifically about any specific disorder. And uh, those themes are the same themes as this movie. Well, I think that's what the director said at one point after we first saw it. We poked around and found his site where he talked about Mary and Max. And he said he has all these friends who are considered different. Mm -hmm. And he said he made this movie for them, really, because he said they're different, but we're all different. Yeah. We just don't. A lot. Most of us don't make it easy to see. Some people can't hide it very well. Right. And that's kind of the thing with Mary and Max. And that's the point that Mary makes when she has the birthmark taken off, you know, and she Mm -hmm. thinks, oh, and then she says, oh, what a waste. Yeah. yeah. My money on something. And isn't that, you know, when when you, when you talk about that, I just think, you know, isn't that like the perfect metaphor? Because people do all this stuff to change their outside, Mm -hmm. but there's, you know, (laughs) somebody's still going to find a flaw in you for one thing. No matter what you do, somebody's going to say, well, I don't yeah. like this about you. And, well, um, and yeah, the other thing is, you know, you're still with yourself no matter where you're at, which is a, you know, huge cliche, but it's true. Well, you know, it doesn't yes, matter what you change on the outside. Yeah, it's the, and it's an internal conversion that mm-hmm. matters, and right. especially as a Christian. Yeah. If anybody, I mean, we can all lose focus. <laughs> we no all question. can do that yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It's very easy. And that's why it's good to kind of be reminded that, you know what, what the inside is what makes the outside beautiful to somebody else. Uh-huh. Yeah. And especially to um, God mm-hmm. and us to each other. Yes. I mean. Excellent we're, point. We're also imperfect, but he loves each one of us no matter what anyway. It's like Mary and Max. Yep. Those those things are, I heard a, this is one of those stories that you see going around the internet sometimes, but I'll just tell it because I did think of it in connection with this and also with myself because I'll beat myself up over stuff. You know, I'm not perfect and I was raised to be perfect and I still hang on to that as best I can, mm-hmm. whether for good or ill. But the, the story is <laughs> of a... Oh, it's a pot that a guy is carrying on his head full of water. He goes up the mountain and he gets the water pot, and he, but it's got a crack. Have you maybe read this? Mm. Water comes out the side of the pot, and the pot's always kind of like, oh, man, I mean, he's never going to get down there with a full pot of water. I'm a terrible pot, all these things. And uh, finally, one day, the guy's going up the mountain with the pot, and he goes, he says to the pot, you know, you, I can never get up here with a full or get down with a full thing of water. And the pot's like, yeah, I know. It's a bummer. He goes, yeah, but look. I always carried you so the crack was over on this side. Look. 
and it's got all these blooming flowers because what the man was doing is watering flowers. <laughs> oh, with wow. Pot. Nice. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's corny and it's cliched and all these things, and it's told much better wherever I wrote it down, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of wonder if we were perfect, we wouldn't even care. We, we would find it harder to care for each other and to care for God, too. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, that make us... God could have created this whole thing differently. Yeah. And that's one of the questions they all, people always have is, you know, why are things so messed up? And why are there cracks in all our sidewalks and all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think they need to be there, you know? It, it, it's it's a tough thing to, to think about, you know, how much different all of our circumstances are. I mean, here we are living in the United States in 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could have be living in much worse times or a much worse place in this time, you know? Yeah. But yet we're here. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to think about. You know, it's all part of it, though. Yeah. And the thing is, though, is there is, there is a way that makes the cracks not matter. But I think it's a way that we all struggle with a lot, which is the way of Christ and also the way that was demonstrated by Mary, and that's perfect obedience. Mm -hmm. Because if we care more about each other than we do ever about ourselves, and if we care more about Christ than we do about ourselves, we won't notice the cracks. Yeah. It won't matter. And that's that's the way, that was the original way that we turned away from. Um, yeah, that's right. Those are the two most important things, right? According to Jesus. Obedience. I always find it interesting, you know, when he, he was asked, hey, what are the two most important commandments? Or what are the most important ones? I <laughs> yeah. thought, you know, what a question, you know, this guy's thinking, <laughs> hey, if we could eliminate some of these from the list, I mean, this <laughs> 10 things is a lot of things. Well, they and had then Christ didn't then. say, you know, he didn't say all 10. You know, he said, you know, love God and love each other. And everything comes from those. Right, exactly. You do that and everything else just falls right in. And the scribe says, you're right. Mm -hmm. And Christ says, you're very close to the kingdom of God (laughs) because you understood. Yep. Well, and then the other thing that, you know, if we really love God and really love our neighbor because we should be able to see Christ in him. And if not that how about a reflection of ourselves somehow in, in him, our neighbor? Then um, the thing that got me was, I guess it was about a year ago when I realized that, or it was pointed out to me in Philippians is where Paul says, um, because of Christ's obedience, that's why he's glorified by God. Mm. That's why every knee should bow at his name. Not because of any of the other stuff, because he was obedient even unto death. Well, yeah. Because he trusted God. He put his whole life in God's hand because he said, I know you'll never do anything bad. I know everything you're doing has to be done. It doesn't mean he didn't say, I'd really rather not in the Garden of Gethsemane, but he still said, but whatever you say, I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. How many times do I go, oh, yeah, that'd be, uh uh-huh, but I don't want (laughs) to. Yep. Thy will be done. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. It's tough sometimes. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But when you make yourself do it, it's usually pretty good. It's yeah. like, why did I do this fighting with myself over this? <laughs> yeah. So silly. It is, yeah. And Mary and Max kind of don't really have a choice because they're just struggling along doing – they have no control over anything. Max accepts it in a way. Yeah, yeah. And Mary struggles with it. That's true. Yeah, Mary – yeah, struggles with it and almost goes down some paths that would have been terrible for her. Yeah. You know, you, you were just like, ah, don't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when she no, was Mary little, God. don't do that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, but yeah, Max has grown up and living by himself. And yeah, he, his, he's got acceptance. What yeah, an odd movie this was. <laughs> it was, it was a really weird movie. It's I'm so, sorry. No, don't it, stop apologizing. It was, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a really interesting movie to have watched, I can tell you what. You know. I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think you could even say it's a bad movie. It's no, I just, can't say that either. I can't say that. It's just very mm-hmm. odd. It's very, very odd yeah, and very tense, I thought. 
Yeah. You know, I guess I guess there wouldn't have been any tension at all if I didn't care, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, the movie made me care about those two and uh, enough to be shocked at things that happen and feel terribly sad. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes in the same scene. <laughs> how about the ending of the movie? Yeah, that was that was something. Um, I cried. I, I didn't. I yeah, I didn't feel good when it was over. I mean, I didn't have. I didn't feel like it was a happy ending. Um, mm. I was kind of, you know, I, I was, they never met face to face, you know, alive. And, uh, that was disappointing, you know, cause I would have liked to have seen that scene, you know, and, and again, that's like life, you know, like you were saying, <laughs> that's like life. You don't always get that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it's important to live in, the, in I, that way, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I, when, when it was over with, I, I did not have that feeling of, oh, you know, what, what a, you know, completed story and all this stuff. I, I really yeah. just felt, oh my goodness. <laughs> I really oh, sorry, that was, Scott. Uh, no, no, that's. <laughs> sorry. Should we watch Contact again? I'll do it. I'll do it like that. I'll uh, No, see, <laughs> you just don't see that Matthew McConaughey is a great actor. That's the problem. <laughs> He didn't have his shirt off enough. I'm pretty sure. I'm just feeling that was the flaw. With the oh shoot! He'd have done that. All right, all right, all right. We'd have been okay. Oh, that's well, great. Um, yeah, the <clears throat> thing to me about it that I noticed this time because I knew that the letters were all going to be on the ceiling since I'd seen yeah. it once. Yeah. Um, I loved that they were right there, where all he had to do was look up and see all those letters that reminded him of the person who cared that much to write him all those letters. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I liked the part where she goes in and she sees he's dead and she's like, oh, and then she sits down and she kind of puts her hand out like, oh, wait, you're dead. No, I'm still going to put my hand on yours and sit and look around. And then she's looking around. You see her seeing her picture go, oh, Uh please, recognition. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought the way that was done was really nice. And the fact that she had her baby with her, yeah, yeah. that baby and Mary wouldn't have been there without him. Right. True. So in that way, I, I know what you're saying about it wasn't that happy, happy ending. But I felt like, yeah, like you say, that's kind of how life is sometimes. Mm-hmm. But she still was able to see the difference she made. Yep, she was. She looked up and was, oh, my letters. They meant mm-hmm. they meant that much. And that's and when he died, this <clears> is the thing he got. He's got his head back. And he knew she was coming, I guess, because she said, Max, I'm here. Uh-huh. Well, he had a can of condensed milk in his hand. <laughs> he was drinking it while looking at the letters, thinking of Mary. Yeah, yeah. Waiting for her to come. So, really, there's hardly any more good ways you could go than that. I so. guess so, from, from where it went <laughs> to there, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, you're right. It yeah. would have been better if they could have. But, you know, they might have gotten into a fight in person. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't have been the same movie had they done that either. You know, well, now they sit here and say that out loud, but... You know, mm-hmm. it was really just kind of a dark, it, dark yeah, movie. Yeah. It's definitely serious and dark. And um, I think I remembered it being a little lighter than that. <laughs> you know, when, when I said, Tom, you pick a movie. I can't decide. And he said, oh, we haven't seen Mary and Max again. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then that's, yeah, then we're watching. And I said, oh, Scott's going to be very confuzzled indeed. <laughs> Terribly confuzzled. Confuzzled, no. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Well, cool. So, oh, did you like the person who was, well, not like, but did you notice the person who was begging outside of Max's apartment every time the sign said something different? No, I didn't. Every time. I know you'll never watch it again, so I'm just telling you. I can't remember (laughs) all the things they're saying. Uh Um, But the sign says something different each time. And the last time it says, keep your money, I want change. (laughs) How about so, that? That's funny. Yeah. 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 So, and this movie, by the way, is on Netflix. I think I mentioned that last time. Mm-hmm. It's just on, throw it out there again. It's on Netflix for streaming. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. It's I think two ninety nine. So cool. And I think they made it took eight and a half million dollars to make, and they made a million and a half at the box office. Oh, which man. you know, after talking about it, you're kind of like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> But Tom says, he was looking it up, he said it was only released in Australia and France and like maybe one other country. It was never released in this country. It just went straight to DVD, I guess. Oh, interesting. So that's why they're charging, I guess, on Amazon Prime for it. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So I mm. think it's, 
I stand by. I reread my review because uh-huh. <laughs> I remember asking. Oh, your Tom, review, should, your review is on there. Yeah, it was good. Should we? Oh well, thank you. But mm-hmm. um, I was thinking. I remember asking Tom, "Should would you recommend people watch this?" <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "It's for anybody who wants to appreciate what the rich experience that's human life, or something like that." Mm. And I'm thinking, yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, I, I won't pick another movie like this for maybe ever. I don't know if I have another movie like this. So you, you I, I doubt that another movie exactly like this exists. Yeah, yeah well, probably not. <laughs> well, I say exact, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inclamation. That's yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I was thinking, oh, we should do Wallace and Gromit, their Halloween movies. <laughs> I don't know what That's we funny. talk about. That's but, funny, yeah. yeah. yeah I've, seen, I've seen a couple of animated movies since last we spoke. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I went and saw um, Paranorman. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, how was that? I thought it was absolutely terrific. Oh, really? Surprisingly okay. really good. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's about this boy who can see dead people, which is something that we're about to experience soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Halloween's coming. Yeah, and um, he just kind of unravels this mystery, you know, why these, uh, this kind of, uh, it's a curse that's on this town because of these witches Oh, uh, okay. That were um, executed in the past, and he, oh, okay. he kind of unravels this mystery, and uh, it's really excellent. I thought it was really good, so I highly I, recommend it. I don't even know if it's still in theaters, but yeah, I, I would recommend. In it. fact, I heard people saying it was good, but they thought it was too scary for some the age recommendation or possibly, something. Yeah, possibly. I don't it, know. There I, was, you know, know, the art was really terrific, and yeah. doesn't bother me. Was, yeah, there was some. You know, it's it's not. You know, not a lot of jumps and scares, but there is some artwork that, mm. um, it's really good art. The art all the way through Ooh. it was fantastic, but. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, so. I'll have to watch this. Yeah, you know, spinning things and crazy stuff. I, I don't recall any gore or anything like that, but just, mm-hmm. you know, just like, you know, monstrous stuff. <clears throat> and then, um, on Sunday night, this last Sunday night, we went and saw Finding Nemo in 3D. I tried the 3D experience one more time. How was it? <laughs> and you know, it, it was it was the best one that I've had. Okay. But it was still, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I still, here's the wording it, I'm confuzzled by the whole 3D thing. It's mm-hmm. like, why, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's amazing, you know, they're charging more money for it and everything like that and and all this stuff. But, you know, in watching Finding Nemo, I mean, there was there was some scenes it's where the 3D is really subtle, but uh-huh. like the scenes where Nemo was in the fish tank, uh-huh. it was remarkable how you could see the glass kind oh, of all the way. Okay. It became really kind of a remarkable thing. I, I mean, I was looking at it going, wow, that's really something, you know? So the, the yeah. glass on an angle through the screen, um, it wasn't sticking out of the screen in any way. It just looked tremendous. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you have 3D that's really sticking out of the screen, it's all distracting anyway. You know, I don't know why they think it's more realistic or whatever, but, you know, it sticks out into the blackness, you know, mm-hmm. off the edge of the screen. I can't see how that's... Well, I guess it really doesn't do that, does it? I've only but seen it kind of gives you the illusion that it does that, but... Yeah, I've only seen one 3D movie, and that was Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh-huh. And in that one, the only 3D effect I saw that mattered at all was there were a few explosions where things came flying out past your head, you know, and you'd kind of jump. Yeah. Well, you know, who cares? Yeah, it's not important. And that whole thing was a miserable experience for me. But, you know, I I was taking my glasses, you know, and every now and then in the movie, I'd flip my glasses up, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. all blurry without the glasses. But it's just brighter. You know, right. <laughs> it's all these bright, wonderful blues. And then I put I the know. glasses on and they're gray. You know, I know. it's still I know. blue, but it's gray. It's gray I blue. Would do anything <laughs> to keep from seeing a 3D movie practically. Yeah. So I can only imagine that Abraham Lincoln being, I haven't got to see that movie yet. It should be on mm-hmm. a DVD anytime and I can't wait. But it, I would imagine seeing a dark movie like that <laughs> would be dark. really difficult in 3D. You're like, oh, what am I seeing here? Yeah. I mean, was that the the way it was? The nighttime scenes were Mm -hmm. okay, actually, because it was supposed to be night. So, Mm -hmm. 
But the daytime stuff was all just this sepia color in a way. And I thought, you know, I know it's supposed to be a long time ago. And I'd flip mm-hmm. the glasses up and go, oh, look, it's all bright. Well, I get to watch it in 2D <laughs> when it comes out on DVD, I guess. Yeah. So I wonder what the heck. I just don't I just don't understand it. And then during that movie or right before the movie, they showed that Monsters, Inc. is going to be released in 3D in December. Eh. So I That love, was my thumbs down beat, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I'll go to that either, but I, I like the movie quite a bit. But I do um, too. It's just I did I don't know. Am I just old? No, no. Yeah. Um I well, yeah. I, I just think the technology's not there. And well, maybe I, I it's, it's almost keep... like a technology that I I don't even see where they're going with it that would make me want to be doing yeah, that you know i understand james cameron with avatar which i never saw but i understand he did amazing things with the world he created yeah, yeah. but if you're not going to do something like that or make something holographic you know if they were going to go to the holodeck with it now that's something i could get behind but <laughs> that would be something interesting but yeah, yeah I, i've seen avatar and, and it is remarkable looking i mean no question but i didn't mm-hmm. see it in 3d Oh, so it was still good without 3D. It's remarkable, yeah. I mean, okay. the, the effects are just stunning. I mean, okay. yeah, and I've never seen it in 3D, so. Did you like it? The movie itself? Yeah. I thought the movie, I think I have the same complaint as everybody else. It's it's a lot of other movies that you've already seen kind of put together. You heard it was Dances with Aliens, Exactly, basically. that's exactly yeah. what it is. It, there's not a single surprise in it. The delight in watching the movie is the incredible effects. You, you watch the movie and okay. you're... You're in this whole different world and everything like that, but it's going to well, tell you that you know industry is stupid and <laughs> humans are terrible. Yeah. You know we humans Usual. really suck and and all that stuff. That's so. the great thing about yeah. oh who was it Juliet Moore I guess playing in Thirty Rock playing uh-huh. uh, Jack Donaghy's Boston girlfriend. You know from when he was growing up. Do you, I don't know if you ever watched you watched Thirty Rock. I've I've seen it a couple times, but not yeah, a regular she's, watcher. She's had yeah. some drinks and they're making small talk with some guy and he's talking about having seen Avatar and she goes, yeah, I can't lie to you. I'd had a couple drinks beforehand and I was hoping our boys were going to get kick those blue aliens asses. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. It. Well, yeah. you know, that's like um, the, the watching it for the effects and the world that's mm-hmm. created. That's how I felt about the fall. I don't know if you saw that. The fall. Um, he, oh, ring, gosh, ring this guy. Or... I'm going to have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Just having a conversation with somebody, an email conversation. It's about on this the movie. IMDb? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's okay. a couple of years old. He shot it in all these different locations, 30 different amazing locations all over the world. And he had to use special effects in some spots, but mm-hmm. basically it's a story of a little girl who's in the hospital. And I guess this is when silent films are in. So in the 1920s, it's in California. Okay. And there's I a... I'm, I think I've got it up here. Yeah, there's an actor who's also a stuntman mm-hmm. who's in the hospital. And he starts, she says, tell me a story. Because her parents can't visit her or whatever. So uh-huh. he's telling her a story, and we're seeing it through her imagination. And this story is, it's really, it's a pretty compelling story. But it's the locations and the costumes and everything that you see in it. And the story itself, unfortunately, is, it's a little shallow. If it, if they'd had another layer of meaning added, it would have been the most amazing movie ever. But it's hmm. a movie I would watch again just to see those places and those wow. costumes yeah. and everything. And I don't say that lightly, you know. Yeah, sure. So that's yeah, and like, I've seen Avatar twice for huh? the same reason. You know, once at the theater and then once on DVD. And well, for God. that same reason, I mean, now it's, I'm not a, have to rent it. it's not a terrific movie. It's just remarkable looking. I know? hope you're happy. Now I have to watch it. <laughs> It's not a waste of time. It's it's fun. Just watching it and going, wow, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, exactly. I'm fairly sure I read that he's going to do two or three more of those. And they're well, kind of doing them kind of all at once kind of a thing wow. where, you know, cost them a billion dollars like they did Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and then uh, release them one at a time. Well, I guess the box office can take it. Yeah, yeah. Because he brought it out again at the theater so everybody could see it in 3D again, right? <laughs> everybody so. flocked to it. Yeah, so. it's amazing. There you go. Yep. I guess. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> Probably not me. <laughs> but, but I rented the DVD. 
Yeah. And I said, hey, this would be fun. Yeah. You watch and it actually, and you go, yeah, it's still I've dumb. What I've been but. watching a lot of lately have been these old swashbucklers. Oh, yeah. Like um, Errol Flynn and the Seahawk. Oh, wow. From the late 1930s or early 1940s. Uh-huh. Oh, great movies. You know, <laughs> a pirate from the days when Queen Elizabeth had commissioned all these pirates secretly oh, nice. to go and sink the Spanish ships and take their gold. Hmm. And, of course, he meets a pretty senorita. On her way to England, <laughs> but the, but Queen Bess is really the greatest thing in that movie. And oh, then cool. um, Errol Flynn, or I mean, um, oh, what's his name? Tyrone Powers uh-huh. and the Mark of Zorro, Zorro from 1940. Oh, baby! Really? Wow! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, you know, I used to like the modern Zorro with Antonio Bandera and Catherine Zeta-Jones. No, no more. <laughs> and I watched no it. Because I watched, I'd watched Errol Flynn, and I had also watched The Adventures of Robin Hood, which is also Errol Flynn. And then I went, oh, Tyrone Power. He was kind of the other swashbuckler. I'll watch him as number two. And I got done watching and went, hmm, Errol Flynn. I now think of him and Charlton Heston as the same kind of, <laughs> like, Tyrone Power. You have won that. my heart, sir. So, uh, yeah, That's those fun. are actually pretty fun. I don't cool. know if you've watched any of those ever. No, I have not. Yeah, you know, I just I, I seem I remember watching Robin Hood, you mm-hmm. know, like on a Saturday morning years mm-hmm. ago or something like that. But I, I don't remember ever seeing Zorro. Yeah, and Robin Hood was it. It was not as good as the Seahawk. Robin Hood, they'd stand around and be merry men by going, oh, their hands on their hips, and you're just like, no, that's not really how I'm going to see it. <laughs> merry men. <laughs> Chuckling is yeah. one thing. Stop it, fellows. <laughs> A manly laugh for manly men like we. It was quite manly as they, oh, oh, little John dunked Robin Hood in the brook just now. (laughs) I love it. Kind of thing, I know. Cool, cool, cool. Well, what do we have coming up? What's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, October is coming, Mm -hmm. which is great. Yeah. That means, yeah. How are you going to scare us? Well, (laughs) first we're going to do some H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to, th- that show will be on October 11th. We're going to, um, we ended up getting pushed a week because of my job, which is, you know, jobs can just interfere with everything. <laughs> Regular life. Surely someone can just send us salaries that we can just do this. <laughs> so we could just podcast. <laughs> oh, what a dream. But anyway, yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, October 11th, we're going to do, uh, we're going to talk about HP Lovecraft and we just picked... Um, four stories that'll kind of give us an overview of a lot of the stuff that H.P. Lovecraft does. And the four stories are Dagon, mm-hmm. The Colors Out of Space, The Dunwich Horror, and The Statement of Randolph Carter. Oh, such great stories. Yeah, they're fun. Wow. I, I read The Dunwich Horror during my last trip, and man, I, that was a terrific story. I read I mean, Dagon. Wow. Mm-hmm. and. I was like, you know, this is one of his earlier stories. More simple. Uh-huh. And I'm listening going, oh, oh, close the window. Close it. What's wrong with you? Oh, <laughs> so, man. You bet. <laughs> that is really good stuff. Yep. Yep. So that'll be fun. H.P. Lovecraft talking about odd stuff. That was one odd fellow. Talk about so, weird tales. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. And then um, the movie for October, which will be two weeks after that. Um, let's talk about Six Cents. Oh, yeah. Um, by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yes. So let's do that. That's a great one. That's one of his, uh, well, probably the most scary one that he's done. It's his yeah. breakout movie. And I urge you to, to watch the movie before listening to the podcast, because I don't know how we can possibly talk about it. No. Um, but yeah, just go yeah. watch it. Watch it without hearing anything about it. Yeah, you don't want to be like me. I watched it and... I yeah. had heard too much because I saw it late. Yep. <laughs> but so I go give it a shot if you haven't. I don't know yeah. if uh, my husband knows anything about that movie, really. Oh, good. And when, I know, because I said, do you mind watching this with me? Because I'll watch it by myself, but I'd rather not. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. and he said, oh, no, what's that about? I said, the little boy who sees dead people? And he goes... Huh. Yeah, you want to see that? And you I want to see it just because of it's uh, part of our culture now. <laughs> I see dead people as something people say. <laughs> and I love Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. Love him. Great, so. great, great. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we'll do. And then after that, after that, Bleak can't House. Wait. Bleak House, right. 
at long last. Yep. And I'm going to start that this week. <laughs> I, I advise, yes, give yourself some time. <laughs> We've great. got plenty of time at this point, but still, that would be, what, yeah. six weeks off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess so. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, but it's complicated because it's got all the stories told from uh, about a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of threads he's pulling together, but Fantastic. I finished it yeah. last week, I guess. And uh-huh. wow, I really loved it. So, Well, great. I'm looking Let's forward to it. Let's hope it's not a Mary and Max moment. But. <laughs> I, I kind of doubt that. I kind of <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> I hope not. Yep. Okay. And then, Okay. And then I, yeah, then we'll yep. have one more thing and then we'll take a Christmas break. Yeah, we've got. It's way in the future, no, though. No, you'll, have a, you'll have a movie. I'll have a movie. And then we'll have our Heroines podcast. Oh, yes. And then we'll have one more thing and then it'll That's be right. Christmas break. Oh, so we have lots ahead of us. Yeah, plenty of weeks. I'm really hurrying things along <laughs> too much. I should just live in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked about that before, too. Right. <laughs> Not me necessarily, although I should. Everybody, we should live more in the moment. That's right. Yeah. Good plan. Good plan. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, folks. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Yes, and thank you very much, Scott, for watching Mary and Max and being so nice about it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. That's fun. All right. Well, we'll see you later, everybody. See you in a couple weeks. Yep. See you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.